TII item 475, December 10th, 2018, iOS 12.1.1, iOS 12.1.2, beta 1, and Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullet! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of who I am. This episode is brought to you by Molecule. For $75 off your first order, visit M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E.com and at checkout, enter promo code TII. Today's episode is brought to you by StoryWorth. For $20 off, visit storyworth.com slash TII. Welcome to the show. I'm your Rob, and you are listening to the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Jeff for sending the music here in the background. Jeff wrote, Hi Rob, I made this song, Adam and Eve, using GarageBand app on my iPhone. For free downloads and more music, follow me at JeffJ6 on Twitter. Regards, JeffJ. Well, thanks, Jeff, for the music. And, folks, I'll put the full song at the end of the episode. also want to thank Chris from the Amateur Traveler podcast for sending in the artwork for today's show. Chris wrote the following. Hi, Rob. Here's a picture of me in front of Haruko Apple Store in Japan. Regards, Chris Christensen. Well, thanks, Chris, for sending this in. And, folks, you can see the artwork in the free TI app via the bonus button for episode 475 or at Instagram.com slash todayinios, and also at Facebook.com slash todayinios. If you have some artwork and or music that you have created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email to me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. There were a few different updates since the last episode, but the biggest one this time had to do with watchOS, and specifically watchOS for Series 4 Apple Watch. Finally, the ECG feature is active with a huge asterisk, and that is just for those in the United States and territories. This is the main feature I purchased the Series 4 for. Not the bigger screen, which is okay. Nope, that did not do it for me at all. It was all about the beat, as in the heartbeat. And the ECG feature is really easy to use. First, you need to set it up using your health app on your paired iPhone. Then when you're doing a reading via the ECG app on your watch, you simply hold your finger on the crown for 30 seconds. You then hopefully get a message that says sinus rhythm and a sub-message that says the ECG does not show signs of atrial fibrillation. Then there is some other text that says it cannot check for signs of a heart attack. Um, Hope it is obvious. If you think you're having a heart attack, uh, don't open the ECG app. Open the iPhone app. And or the phone app, I should say, and call for help. I have um, been using this since I updated last week. And so far, I've run the test eight times. And eight times it said I had sinus rhythm, which is the goal and means things look good in very basic terms. One thing to note, don't try to do the test right after you work out and are sweating. I could not get it to work on a wet wrist. Uh, it kept failing. It was a few seconds. It would go for a few seconds, give a really scattered pattern, and then it would restart. So again, make sure your wrist is dry. Also, make sure you're sitting down or standing very still. Easiest to just sit down, rest your arm that has the watch on it on a table, and then do the test. You cannot do this test while running or exercising or on an exercise cycle. 
it is meant to be done at rest. I have read articles that said some doctors were worried this would have some people over-testing themselves. Did I mention I tested eight times in the last week? But remember, even hypochondriacs get sick, and if this feature helps save lives just a few people, it's well worth a few extra tests by users. Now, obviously, if you do get a positive reading for AFib, you should next use your phone app and schedule an appointment with your doctor and bring your phone and your Apple Watch with you. According to one article in the testing Apple did with control groups, it was able to accurately tell people they did not have AFib 99.6% of the time for those that didn't, and accurately tell them they did have AFib 98% of the time for those that did. This is a single lead test versus the more extensive 12 lead test or device that your doctor will likely hook you up with if you go in there and have any indication of AFib. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention estimate there are as many as 6.1 million Americans living with AFib, with that number expected to increase as population gets older. This is not an end-all, be-all test, not by any stretch, but it is a lot better than no test at all. And I think that is Apple's point. With this and the warnings and caveats you will see when setting it up, again, the most important app that goes with this is the phone app. If you see an issue or think there's an issue, use the phone app, call your doctor, and let them help. And this is for Watch OS 5.1.2, released on December 6th and later, and only for the Series 4 Apple Watch, and right now only in the U.S. and U.S. territories. In addition to Watch OS 5.1.2, Apple also released iOS 12.1.1 and tvOS 12.1.1 on December 6th. The iOS 12.1.1 update is being reported by a small number of users as killing access to cellular data on their phones. The issue seems to have hit users more on Reliance Jio, JIO in India the worst. If you are in India and Jio is your carrier, do not update at this point. Per what 12.1.1 does bring to those without issues is the ability to quickly and easily switch between the rear and front cameras in FaceTime. It also introduces live phone capture during one-to-one FaceTime calls. AT&T also flipped the switch to allow support for eSIMs for the new 10S and 10R models, allowing users to access two numbers on a single phone. And that was on the 6th. Verizon followed suit right after on the 7th. And they also now support eSIMs. T-Mobile has also stated they will support dual SIMs at some unspecified date in the near future, with rumors saying prior to the end of 2018, i.e. this month. So, should you update to 12.1.1? If you are not in India, yes, release the hounds. But if you are in India, specifically using Jio for your carrier, then do not update. So I guess release most of the hounds? Per tvOS 12.1.1, it acted like a double dot update should act and focused itself on bug fixes and optimizations and left all those fancy new feature things for the single dot updates to deal with. Apple on December 10th released a few betas to devs. These are all double dot updates, iOS 12.1.2, Watch OS 5.1.3, and tvOS 12.1.2. All of these are beta 1s, and right now just to the devs, probably tomorrow, maybe 
to to the public. As with most double dot updates, these are about bug fixes and optimizations, but mostly bug fixes. After reading a bunch of posts on this, not one of them mentioned any new features for any of these three betas. As mentioned, bug fixes and optimizations is what you get. As always, don't install any betas on devices you rely on for work. Some news for our friends in Germany. If you've been waiting for Apple Pay, your wait is almost over with Apple Pay launching there finally this week, or so say a number of sources. This makes sense given Tim Cook said it would be before the end of the year. Way to cut it close, guys. Rumors are saying that Tuesday, the 11th, may be the day with Comdirect and Mobile Bank N26 expected to be among the first in Germany to support Apple Pay. More info, hopefully, on the next episode. A lot of people think iPhone sales for the iPhone XR are less than stellar, and Apple helped fan those flames of discontent by offering a special deal where a new iPhone XR was available for $449, with a big asterisk which is the price after you trade in an iPhone 7 Plus. And then Apple announced the iPhone XS from just $699, and again with a big asterisk. Okay, granted, the asterisk was actually not that big in size, but it sure makes up for it in the fine print, which says, quote, iPhone XR and XS pricing is after trade-in of iPhone 7 Plus. Additional trade-in values available for a limited time only, require the purchase of new iPhone subject to availability and limits. Trade-in values vary based on condition, year, and configuration of your trade-in devices and may also vary between online and in-store trade-in. You must be at least 18 years old. In-store trade-in requires presentation of a valid government-issued photo ID. Local law may require saving this information. Additional terms from Apple or Apple's trade-in partners may apply, unquote. And a note here. After reading this, one thing jumped out at me. Even Apple is not suggesting that you upgrade from an iPhone 8, just from the 7 Plus and older. Some people say this type of offer, which is very non-Apple-like, is an indication that iPhone sales for the new 10s and especially the 10R series are tanking. Combine that fear with the current trade wars that are starting up with China, and Apple stock dropped over 29% from its peak in October, to its low on Monday the 10th. That is a whole, whole lot of billions in lost market cap. Around 300 billion with a B dollars gone from Apple's market cap. Hopefully it's coming back. To put that decline in perspective, there are only about 15 to 20 companies worldwide with a market cap greater than what Apple lost in two months. Sadly, with all this speculation about iPhone sales numbers, We'll never really know for sure if they're in the tank because Apple's not reporting unit sales numbers anymore. Last year, there was a lot of speculation, really a fever pitch with tirades about Apple's iPhone 10 was not selling at all and Apple was cutting orders to everyone and it was, it was doing horrible and nobody wanted it. And that was all proven to be complete BS when Apple actually gave the numbers at the end of January. That very well may be the case right now, but again, we'll not know as Apple will not be releasing numbers anymore. Well, I guess maybe if the stock drops enough, maybe Apple will backtrack a bit and give numbers one more time. Uh, No. For those that are concerned about Apple, 
Um, one of them is Goldman Sachs, and they just cut its price target for the second time in a month on Apple. An analyst at Goldman Sachs said, quote, It seemed as if Apple miscalculated on the price feature balance for the new iPhone XR and that Apple's less expensive premium phone might have missed the mark, unquote. So how bad does Goldman Sachs think things are? Well, the price target was $222 when Apple stock was, you know, already $222. Then they lowered the price target to $209, and then finally they cut that price target again to $182. Again, the price of Apple stock has taken a beating, and analysts are looking at their $220 plus price targets and rolling those back. There were some people that were up as high as $250. Because, well, you know, these targets are reactionary based on the volatility of the market rather than what Apple's actually, you know, doing. Goldman Sachs has, well, they have this doozy to add with it. Quote, we do not believe the rest of the world is as committed to Apple's product ecosystem, so switching costs outside the U.S. tends to be lower. Unquote. Oh, no, you didn't. Well, actually, yes, they did. They just dissed Apple's ecosystem. With the level of excessive negativity that's going on, it screams to me right now, buy more Apple stock. As mentioned earlier, this episode is sponsored by Molecule. For $75 off your first order, visit M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E.com and at checkout, enter T-I-I. Molecule is a complete reinvention of air purifier, not just an improvement on an existing outdated technology. It was developed by scientists whose son suffered from asthma and who was frustrated by the fact HEPA air purifiers did not relieve his son's symptoms. As a result, Dr. Koswami spent 20 years developing a completely new, totally effective way of removing indoor air pollutants. Molecule's technology development has been funded by the EPA, and this technology has been verified by science, but most importantly, it has been tested by real people. Molecule has already helped allergy asthma sufferers around the country better cope with their conditions and significantly reduce their symptoms. Molecule introduced a breakthrough science that is finally capable of destroying air pollutants at a molecular level, Molecule's PECO technology goes beyond HEPA filtration to not just capture, but completely destroy the full spectrum of indoor air pollutants, including those a thousand times smaller than a HEPA filter can trap. Molecule makes a meaningful impact for asthma and allergy sufferers. In a study of 49 allergy sufferers presented at the American College of Asthma, Allergy, and Immunology, Molecule's technology provided dramatic, statistically significant sustained symptom reduction within a week of use. The results have transformed lifelong allergy and asthma sufferers' lives. The unit is great looking. You can see it in the unbox video in the TI app between episodes 474 and 475. One of the things I really love about my molecule unit is it is quiet. You can't hear it. You put it on silent mode, it is silent, which is how it should be and really needs to be for someone recording a podcast. As I put my molecule right in my office with me. After all, that is the room I'm in most of the time, and that's where my dog sleeps with me most of the time. And the app makes it really easy to control as well. If your significant other is an allergy sufferer like me, this is a gift that they will truly appreciate. Again, for $75 off your first order, visit molekule.com and at checkout, enter TII. Switching gears, let's get back into the news. Google just announced a second data leak for Google+, and they responded by saying Google+, will now be shut down, not in August, as originally planned, 
but now it'll get the boot in April 2019, four months earlier than originally planned. Said new vulnerability impacted 52.5 million users. This means users could have had their email address, their name, their occupation, and age exposed to devs, even if their account was set to private. So this means my finding a replacement for our Google Plus community just got expedited. Thanks a lot, Google. Hey, and speaking of security and hacks, employees of GrayKey, the maker of the physical device used by law enforcement to hack into an iPhone, they just said the latest versions of iOS block the Grayscale software from accessing the locked devices. So yes, Grayscale just said the current version of iOS that makes the device impossible for anyone to hack into, or at least for them. So we have one service that's getting hacked and another that you can't hack. Hmm. Whose software should we go with? Let me think. Decisions, decisions, decisions. Oh, yeah. Let's go from the one from Apple. Hey, a very quick reminder here. If you have an iPhone 6 or earlier or later, I guess it is, later, earlier, or more recent, um, that special offer to get your battery replaced for $29, that's coming to an end at the end of this month, i.e. the end of this year, i.e. before December 31st or on December 31st. You have just a couple of weeks left. So if you are holding out, now is the time to pull the trigger. We did it for my son's iPhone 6 Plus. It has been great since the update. Again, if you have an iPhone 6 or 6S or 7 or the Plus versions of them, go for $29. You can get a brand new battery in there replaced by Apple, from Apple. Go to your Apple store. Get it done. ASAP. You only have until the 31st to get that done. Hey, Rob. It's Kevin Crossman from Fremont, California. I have some feedback about the updates for the iPad Pro. I am not convinced that 64 is not enough for many, many people. Uh, for my iPad, it, I'm only using barely 32 gigs. I'm not storing a thousand million photos. I'm not storing a million movies. I'm not storing a lot of, you know, data. I'm using it for a few apps and a lot of browsing and things like that. So I'm not a pro user per se, but in terms of my iPad itself, I'm not coming anywhere close to 64 gigabytes, period. Maybe it would be interesting to, to poll the uh, Today and iOS listeners about how much data they're using on their iPad Pros. Love the show. Keep it up. Talk to you later. Kevin, thanks for the feedback. And I'll throw this out there. Folks that have an iPad Pro, either new or older ones, how much storage are you using of that device? Give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. I have been wearing my new Apple Watch for, for a week. Today I experienced my first fall detection, and it was a false call. I had not fallen. Not sure what I did to trigger the notification. I had just come from a public washroom where I had washed my hands. I can only speculate that the act of pulling down smartly on the paper towel dispenser left from with my left arm, uh, the one with my watch, somehow triggered the alert. That is the only action I can think of which could be uh, uh, could alert the fall protection app part of it. I was able to stop the alert before the watch could dial 911. All the best will be in Honolulu. Well, thanks, Will, for that feedback. Back to the email bag. Rob, does the iOS text message issue affect people who have different Apple IDs, iCloud email accounts? What if we share an Apple store ID? We've been set up this way for years as I purchase all our apps and music. 
That way I don't have to pay extra to use the apps and music on the multiple iPhones I own, which my family and I use separately. We have been holding off uh, improving our old iPhone's performance and upgrading um, one phone due to this bug, but don't want to have to deal with fully separating our accounts and having to repurchase a ton of apps and music. Hopefully someone has tested this and has more details. If we all have our own iCloud accounts and email addresses, contacts, calendars, etc., does that mean we are safe from this bug? When I look under settings, Apple ID, it listed both my individual ID under iCloud and our shared ID under store. When I look at the details for one of the family under messages app, there is no indication of what it thinks that person's official Apple ID is, so I can't anticipate whether uh, or whom it is going to merge under iOS 12. Not to mention I had a separate phone for work and personal I wouldn't want them merged. Apple really blew it with decision, and they did it stealthily. Seems they didn't learn any lessons from the battery slowdown gate. This issue combined with more Touch ID, and I'm seriously assessing the impact of switching. Not looking forward to it, but I don't pay top dollar for this BS. Uh, keep up the great work, and your chiefs are doing well. Regards, Philip. Well, Philip, I haven't seen this issue. I know this was talked about where... It was forcing all the users together. We have four different people working off the same Apple ID, and we're not getting cross posts and cross uh, tweets or messages on the different devices. You just have to make sure when you set your device up for each of those devices after you've upgraded to iOS 12 that you check to make sure that they're receiving messages from the right ID and numbers, uh, the right Apple uh, email addresses and, and numbers. So if you take some time, make sure everything's set up correctly, it will not get messages across to all your devices. Now, it may be that some people, when they did the setups, the defaults switched to the Apple ID, and or when they were doing the upgrades, they said, yes, use my Apple ID. I think it was more of a user error issue in this uh, than anything else. So just be diligent in when you set it up, and then, again, check to see in messages which email addresses, phone numbers you have to set up for that individual device, and it's not ones that are being used by others. And thanks for the comments on the Chiefs. If you hear my voice today, it's a little uh, shot. That's because yesterday I was at the Chiefs game screaming loudly in the cold, very cold weather. So uh, got to watch Mahomes pull off another Mahomes fourth quarter miracle. Back to email bag. Hi, Rob. I'm visually impaired and use voiceover. Do you know of a good app that's inexpensive that offers workouts. It'd be easiest if the app also worked on the Apple Watch. Love your show, and I'm currently listening on my HomePod. Thanks for any suggestions. Regards, Jessica. Jessica, I'm going to throw this one out to the listeners. Folks, if anyone has any suggestions here for Jessica for workout apps that are especially designed for voiceover users, please give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Apple said they are going to spend around a billion with a B dollars this year, 2018, on creating original content, or at least having the people they give the money to create the content for them. And then if you have an Apple device that has access to app, the TV app, you are going to get said content for free, or so goes the latest rumors on this. Apple's rumored to be launching a revamped TV app in early 2019, 
when some of the original content they spent the billion dollars on in 2018 will be ready for primetime, well, or at least in this case, ready for on-demand. One thing about the Apple original content versus, say, HBO or Netflix, Apple's content will be clean and family-friendly, or much more family-friendlier than other content. No nudity, no explicit language, and from the sounds of it, not even any violence or excessive violence. I guess Apple just invested a lot of money in remakes of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? Staying in the rumor side of things, Patently Apple has an article about an Apple patent that looks to be the mythical Apple charging pad, Apple's air power mat, which is way, way past due. So what did we learn from the patent filing? Well, when charging multiple devices at once, it will look to see which device has the biggest screen and then display the charging status of each of the devices that's on the mat on that individual device's screen. Sounds actually pretty cool. When are we going to see the mat? <laughs> yeah. And one device designed specifically for the new charging mat is the Apple battery case for the AirPods. And right now it's looking like early 2019, think maybe March timeframe, that the new case and the Air Power mat would be available. That seems to be the latest rumors. The AirPods themselves are not looking to get any update in 2019, just that there would be a new case, charging case, that then charges itself wirelessly, or not itself, it charges wirelessly on the pad. The first update for the AirPods themselves is not expected until 2020. One of those upgrades will likely be Bluetooth 5.0, which if true, would be great as it would allow audio input from both the right and left at the same time. So both AirPods at once. That's nice. You can actually go and do an interview with someone. You give them one AirPod, you take the other AirPod and put them in each of your ears and you can talk and you can do a nice interview that way. Um, remember to bring lots of cleansing wipes. There is also the rumor about noise cancellation and water resistance being added to the AirPods. Again, that is for 2020 for the new AirPods. Hopefully the Bluetooth 5.0 one really comes to be. If that happens, I will update right away. I'm probably going to have to update earlier. Just to let you know, my AirPods, I got them two years ago. They don't make, they, when I first got them, they would last, the battery charge would last over two hours of phone calls. I cannot even make it 45 minutes now. So my my AirPods now, when I'm on a phone calls with someone at work, if I start at the top of the hour, by 45 minutes past the hour, I'm getting the tone that they're running out of battery life. We're down to 10% or less on one of them. Usually one of them shuts down before the other one. So for me, my AirPods after two years, I'm really starting to see them die. So it really would have been nice in 2019 if Apple could, bring out the new next-gen ones, but it looks like that's not going to happen until 2020. Now, I do want to add this caveat. I've been using my AirPods pretty much every day since I've had them for two years. So the fact that something this small still holds a charge, I guess I should be happy? I don't know. I, I would have liked it that it'd still be over an hour. But the point is, in my use case, I use them all the time, and I'm using them throughout the day. Sometimes six, seven hours worth of phone calls in a day. So they're getting used. Sometimes I'm having only one in my ear and the other one's in the charging case. And that's lately actually been what I've been having to do um, because I know I'm going to run out if I have a long conference call. So I leave one in the charging case and I switch about halfway through the call. 
for anyone else that got them in, when they first were released back in the beginning of 2017 timeframe, if you've had them that, you know, basically two years or almost two years, how are yours holding up? Give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send us an email at todayinios at gmail.com. How long on a phone call can you stay with your AirPods today from when they were fully charged to when they both die off on you? Over on Kickstarter, the good folks at Hyper announced the HyperDrive, quote, the world's first USB-C hub for the iPad Pro 2018, unquote. They had a goal of 100,000. They already well blew past that. They were even well past 200K. So this one's funded. Pricing for the hub at the lowest price, the early bird offering is $49. Uh, next level is $69. The hub has an HDMI output, one eighth inch headphone jack, USB-A and USB-C ports, and SD and micro SD ports for a total of six ports. It is designed specifically for the iPad Pro 2018 and works with the Apple Folio keyboard case in place. They have a patent pending adapter to make it um, the port uh, more secure on your iPad Pro. If you have an iPad Pro 2018 or are getting one for Christmas or giving one for Christmas, you should definitely check out this Kickstarter project. This comes from a company that has done many successful Kickstarter projects, a couple of which I own. So this is not one of those gambling that it'll actually ship projects. This is as pretty close to a sure bet as you can get on Kickstarter. They predict January 2019 for the shipping of the early birds, February 2019 for the next group. Search for Hyperdrive USB-C Hub at kickstarter.com or look for the link in the show notes for episode 475 at todayinios.com. From Google+, Plus, for those who have the new iPad Pro, are you still impressed with it? I'm about to get one for my soon-to-be full-time student wife. She has been using the old 9.7-inch with pencil and smart keyboard for her schoolwork last year. She loved it, so I'm thinking uh, an upgrade is in order. Regards, Barry Smitherin. And then from Vinnie Trent on Google+, Plus, um, if you love her or even just like her, get her one of these you will be in her good graces. Seriously, she will love it and the new pen. So folks out there, what say you on the new 2018 iPad Pros? Give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG, sorry. And or shoot me an email at todayinios at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts about your iPad Pros if you already have one. And uh, don't forget, check out that HyperDrive USB-C hub if you do have one or plan to get one, that will give you a lot more functionality. And it actually looks like it works pretty well with uh, design-wise and shape-wise with the iPad Pro. I want to thank StoryWorth for sponsoring today's episode. StoryWorth is where they will send you or someone you choose a different question each week. And then at the end of the year, they pull it all together and make a very nice hardcover printed book with the answers. We purchased this for my dad for Christmas 2016. It has been fun, or was fun, watching those questions come in during 2017 as I am copied on those questions. And one question was, what were your favorite toys as a child? My dad always plays, I was so poor card. And I always imagined it would be something like an empty can tin can with a rock in it. And it actually wound up being a toy truck that was red with a silver flatbed. My dad was not the most talkative when I was growing up because, well, he didn't want to interrupt my mom. So some of my dad's past was not as clear as my mom's. 
Plus, he lives in New York, and I live in Kansas, and my kids don't get as much access to the grandpa as we'd all like. The book from StoryWorth was great at teaching them a bunch about their grandfather, and in quite a few cases, teaching me about my father. When the questions are done and the hardcover book is ready, you can then purchase additional copies. So if, like me, you do this for someone who's a grandparent, then you can buy copies for each of the grandchildren, who can then pass them on to the great-grandchildren and the great-great-grandchildren and so on. If you are looking for a great last-minute gift and one that keeps giving all year long, StoryWorth is something I highly recommend, and it's a lot less money than an iPhone. This is a great legacy book that will be passed on to future generations. Go to storyworth.com slash TII to save $20 off when you subscribe. Again, go to storyworth.com slash TII to save $20. Always fun when you get a sponsor that you were already a customer of. So thanks, StoryWorth. Back into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. Greetings from Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic. I would like to know if it is possible to touch the topic of shortcuts versus Automator on the Mac. What will happen now with Automator in the Mac and why Apple waited for a third to develop a workflow for iOS and not uh, when they already had Automator on the Mac? Will we see shortcuts on the Mac? What will be the future of the Mac Mini? Uh, thanks in advance, Eugene R. Well, Eugene, the since you sent this in, we know what the Mac Mini's future is. There's actually a new one. Per why in the automator and, and Mac, you know, I, I guess you're going to have to say that shortcuts and, and workflow, what Apple bought there for iOS, that's going to eventually migrate its way over to the Mac. I, I think you're seeing a migration path between iOS and Mac OS. Not a Mac show. You might want to listen to MacCast or Mac OS Ken for a little bit more on that side of things. But my feeling in looking at where the Mac software is going, where it's come from, um, it seems to be heading more towards iOS. And some things on iOS look a little bit like they're heading to Mac. So I think you're seeing a convergence of the two. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I don't know whether other listeners have commented on what appears to be the dismal state of dictation with any iPhone running iOS 12 or 12.1 or anything since then. After I dictate a message using iMessage, even if the preview looks good, which it often does, not and doesn't need any correction, after having sent the message, all kinds of words and phrases will be changed, adding, modified. It's completely unbelievable to have an unwittingly sent a message with content that may be inappropriate. I have turned off dictation in Siri for 20 or 30 minutes and then re-enable them, but am still getting terrible results. Is this common among iOS 12 users? It sure seems like dictation used to be far more accurate. Thanks for your thoughts. Regards, Jim F. Jim, I've heard this issue from others, so you are not alone here. I've heard others where they do dictation, the message looks good, and then when they go and send it, it changes, which... I don't understand. It sounds like it's an issue that came up with iOS 12. Uh, if anyone else has seen this, anyone knows a solution to this other than just not doing it um, or using a third-party app, if anyone knows a solution on the iOS side for the native apps, let us know. Give us a call or shoot us an email. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I just had to write a quick email to you. One of my apps 
Alarm.com lets you set up Siri shortcuts. I created several shortcuts and everything was working great. Then out of the blue, Siri stopped responding to all the audio shortcuts I set up earlier. I deleted and recreated a few shortcuts to test. I restarted my phone, still nothing. Then I remembered one of your tried and true solutions to problem solving, random iPhone issues. Reset network settings. Boom, that did it. Everything works again. Thanks, regards, Janet, formerly from Illinois, now living in Texas. Janet, thanks for the feedback on that. Into the email bag. Hi Rob, I'm upgrading to the new iPhone in February and I have Sprint, but I don't want to go through Sprint to get the phone. I want to buy from Apple, so should I buy the Symphony iPhone or the Verizon phone? Thanks, Aaron in Jacksonville. Well, Aaron, I think you, what Apple will tell you is just buy the uh, SIM-free iPhone from them rather than the Verizon phone. I think that's going to be what they say to you if you want to use it on multiple carriers. But the best thing to do is ask Apple and say exactly what you want to do. Say that you want to use it on Sprint, which one to use. I believe the SIM-free one is the better solution as far as uh, the radios and the most radios. So that would be that's what I actually purchased this year around. I bought the SIM-free one. So that would be my recommendation to you. But more importantly, check with the Apple Store and just make sure. Don't check with Sprint. Don't check with Verizon. Check with the Apple Store. Back to the email bag. Actually, this one's from the Google Plus community and Jeff in Ireland. And he asked, anyone else wishing they had bought the 10R instead of the 10S? Don't get me wrong. I like the 10S. But seeing the money I could have saved on the 10R, especially with the holiday deals, I've been seeing has given me some buyer's remorse. The value proposition is so much higher with the 10R. And again, that was Jeff in Ireland. Uh, and Jeff, that you do get some additional things with the 10S uh, series. First off, the wireless part of it is uh, for cellular is up to twice as fast, or can be as twice as fast theoretically as what you get with the 10R. So it's better modem. So there's that. Uh, obviously, there's the better screen. Um, better camera as well. So there are advantages in the 10S versus 10R. Is it worth the price difference? That's a personal choice. It just depends on what you really like on the screen. I like the 10S Max. I have no buyer's remorse on the 10S Max. I like the screen size. I like everything about it. I love the device. It's been working great for me. You know, knock on wood. I have no regrets getting the 10S Max. This next one comes from Myron Euchre. Ask Siri, why is a fire engine red? Why is a fire engine red? Because they have eight wheels and four people on them. And four plus eight is 12. And there are 12 inches in a foot. And one foot is a ruler. And Queen Elizabeth was a ruler. And Queen Elizabeth was also a ship. And the ship sailed the seas. And in the seas are fish. And fish have fins. And the fins fought the Russians. And the Russians are red. And fire trucks are always rushing around. Thanks again to StoryWorth for sponsoring this episode. Christmas is almost here. Get your family the best Christmas present ever. Go to storyworth.com slash TII to save $20 off when you subscribe. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or record your feedback and email to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant you have about something else, an app or product view, good or bad. As long as it is iOS-related, it is welcomed. 
I'm always looking for new artwork to feature that you have created on iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we are always looking for more music created on an iOS device to play on the show. This is your show, and your feedback is greatly desired. Also, don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. And a quick reminder, if you are an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment for free. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev or the author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. Today's show is also again brought to you by Molecule. For $75 off your first order, visit M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E dot com and at checkout, enter promo code TII. Finally, check out the TII app, which is free to you. Search for TII on the iTunes App Store. It's the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released. It is fully voiceover friendly, of course. Please go right now and download the TI app or get the update. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Lipson.com and part of the Lipson Media Network. If you are looking for podcast hosting, go to Lipson.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com for hosting for your podcast and creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can be found everywhere you listen to podcasts. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Overcast, Stitcher, and everywhere else you listen to audio.